0: Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, I was at Mass and, you know, you're praying for your intentions and you're praying for those around you. And it kind of, I don't know if it occurred to me or experienced is the right way to say, but... Inherently, by doing all of these podcasts, I feel like I've become a little bit more focused on elements of the faith, just kind of by default. And I was there, you know, praying for intentions, following the mass. And many podcasts ago, you gave us a beautiful post-Eucharist prayer, which was phenomenal. And I do that every time now. But when it came time to praying for intentions, I don't really have any immediate fires burning around me right now. And I felt like I was drawing a blank, and I don't know if that's a common thing, or if I'm just off my game or what. But I wanted to just essentially have a conversation about that to see, as someone whose life is devoted to prayer and the reading the scripture, if if that's a thing that comp that happens, um, in an un well in a related way, I also find my mind sometimes going blank or whatever during uh, the rosary. So I wanted to kind of bring those two things there, see if it's just me totally messing up or if this is a common thing that is just a thing.
1: Yeah, I love talking about prayer. I have a book coming out hopefully in the spring. I'm submitting the final manuscript today again with uh, my beloved co-author, Father Tom Acklin. And it's about personal prayer, so uh, we could talk a lot about prayer. And just to say first of all, it's it's really helpful to remember that prayer is relational. And so we can always make the analogy with human relationships. and when you're even when you're uh, with your beloved wife, Uh, You probably don't always have something to say to her. It's just nice to be together. And that's good. (laughs) That's a sign of actually a mature relationship. Now, we know that there are different kinds of silences. There, There are different kinds of blank minds that sometimes you don't want to tell her about something. And so that sort of gums up everything else. And, well, that's different than just being in a place that you feel at peace and you feel uh, love and beloved, and you're just able to be together. And that's uh, a fine place to be at Mass. At Mass, we're there relating with God, who is a father to us and is also spousal to us. And that's a little weird for you and I to talk about as men that Christ is our bridegroom. So we don't want to get too physical about that idea. but, But the uh, analogy is the same that the way that we re- would relate with a with a wife with a spouse is a way that we relate with God and in a certain sharing of our interiority a certain kind of intimacy a certain closeness and and also a certain fruitfulness of our of our relationship and anyway those kinds of analogies fit together so. It's always good when we ask questions about prayer to make the relationship analogies. Well, do I experience this kind of thing in a close relationship? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sure I do. Now, there are times that you get together with your wife and you have some things to work out. Hey, honey, are you going to go pick up the kids? You know, I got to get this stuff from the store. We need to prepare this thing for the weekend. Are you going to be able to you know, send out that email about whatever? Sure, we have business items sometimes. And we're going to have that with God, too. Lord, I you know my I've got these these things going on in my life. I need your help with this. Uh, my my aunt is sick, and my grandmother needs some special care. and you know, so we have some business items with God. If a relationship were only business items, well, that would be a business relationship. <laughs> and that's not the kind of relationship you want to have with your wife. and it's not the kind of relationship that we want to have with God. There's a place for business, but it can't be the dominant note of our relationships. so having just times of silence, just being together is a is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful way to relate with God. Uh, I also like to think of it this way, uh, and we're recording this on the Feast of Saint Therese so I'm very happy to mention her on her feast day, October first now in our our current calendar liturgical calendar Saint therese had this little struggle. I think I've probably mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it is worth repeating. It's such a wonderful insight. And it's a question that so many people have about intercessory prayer, this idea of praying for others or praying for certain things. And it's like, well, how do I have to mention them by name? Do I have to say a certain kind of prayer? Do I have to like, how do we do this the right way or the best way? Or And again, the relational analogy is always, is still useful. Well, how do you talk about business items with your wife in the best way? You know, there isn't a best way. It's like, talk about the thing, you know, just whatever you need to kind of bring it to your heart and express it is really good. But one of the things that happens in in a beautiful, intimate relationship also happens with God in an even deeper way is when your wife receives you, when she receives your heart, when she really uh, opens her heart to you, she's receiving all of you. And that includes kind of all of your intentions. And there's a way that even married couples start to read each other's minds in a to a certain degree after a while, complete each other's sentences, and there's just that kind of familiarity. Well, St. Therese had this insight about God. She was Praying for a seminarian that had been had written to the Carmelite convent and had said, you know, uh, I'm I'm a, a missionary seminarian. I would love the prayers of a Carmelite nun. And the prioress who received all of the mail gave that to Sister Therese and said. Uh, I would like you to take a special care for this seminarian, to pray for him and offer your sacrifices and things for him, which St. Therese is very happy to do. And they had a little correspondence as well, which is a real treasure since the seminarian kept all of his letters from Sister Therese, smart guy. And so we still have those today and can get a little window into that correspondence, which is beautiful. I forget which seminarian is which, Uh, She got a second seminarian, which is the part of my story that I'm driving to. But there's a collection of those letters in a book called Maurice and Therese. And you can get a little window into that spiritual friendship that they had through correspondence. And St. Therese is a kind of spiritual director and spiritual mother for him. But St. Therese, when she got a second seminarian to pray with, that kind of broke the bank. You know, she was like, I'm already offering all my stuff for the first seminarian. What am I supposed to do for the second seminarian? Like, I'm out. You know, I offer my office and my mass and my, uh, my, my rosary and my, my private prayer. I'm not offering it all for the first seminarian. And she was praying with this question in her heart, and she was reading the scripture, and she read this verse from the Song of Songs, and uh, chapter one of the Song of Songs, I believe. And it, it says, Draw me, and we will run to you. And St. Therese had one of those graced moments that she understood the answer to her question. Draw me, she says to the divine bridegroom, to Jesus Christ, draw me and we will run to you. That means that if I'm drawn, I bring with me everybody else who is in my heart, who is entrusted to my care, everybody else that I'm praying for. And that goes back to that analogy I was saying earlier with the spouses. When your wife receives you, she receives everybody that's in your heart. And that's why it can be especially difficult if there are some relationships that one person has that are problematic for the other person. In a in a marriage, it's always working toward a total reconciliation, a total receptivity, a, a, a vulnerability and intimacy always move toward totality. So. Anyway, that aside, when we come to the Lord with our prayers, we bring everybody with us. And so in a certain sense, that time in silence, it's its not about kind of uh, remembering and making a mental list of everything in my mind. I don't even know everything that's going on in me. I don't know every relationship that I have. I couldn't possibly list, you know, I meet with, I honestly don't even know, uh, a hundred spiritual directees or something, I, I'd have a hard time coming up with everybody's name. But I can tell you, they're all in my heart. And when I come to the Lord in the Mass, and I come to the Lord in the Divine Office, and I come to the Lord in my holy hour, and my, my private prayers, I'm bringing everybody. I'm bringing all those people that are with me, all those people that are in my heart. Uh, so when we come to a moment of silence, we're not, uh, that, that can be a very intimate time. That can be a very beautiful time of prayer, especially in the Eucharist. Um, I tread carefully on this territory, but the Eucharist has a quality like marital intimacy. And I think that's a time where there's also some silence that's there and there's some resting in that closeness. You know, so that's a very appropriate thing to do also in uh, in our personal prayer with the Lord is just come to a place that we can rest in a a closeness to him and really be grateful for and rejoice in who he is and the way that he loves us.
0: In a prior episode to dive into what you're talking about, the Eucharist there, you had mentioned that the soul is animating the body and the Eucharist is food for our soul. So I think for me, it's easier to make the understand exactly what you're trying to say there about the intimacy of the soul with Christ versus the intimacy of the body with with, with the spouse. And I just thought that was a nice little interjection there. This mm. is kind of an underlying thought that I don't even remember when, when we had that discussion, but it was at least months ago, if not a year or more, mm. uh, with, with how many of these we've done now. So... That's First off, that's good to know that I'm not crazy, that, that this is kind of, as you mentioned, or at least alluded to in there, kind of a maturity and growing towards Christ. And overall, you know, t- painting society with a broad brush, we're losing that treadmill overall. We're just seeing becoming less and less mature as people. And... I'd like to kind of, and that's since everything is relationally based and in a sense, maturity can be measured through relationships that you have with other people. I'd like to spend a couple of minutes here talking about how through prayer, we can develop a more mature relationship with God that not only will help us with our relationship with him, but inevitably our relationship with everyone else around us. That's right. Yeah, we, we relate to everybody through
1: God. He is relationship himself and he makes every relationship possible. So every relationship teaches us a little bit about God. Now, a marital relationship is a particularly important one, a particularly deep one, a particularly all encompassing one. It kind of takes in essentially all of our humanity in a, in a marital relationship. A parental relationship is a similar, not uh, anyway, the, and the two together, parent and spouse, uh, are, are really very, uh, very rich in their combination. But all of that gets brought into our relationship with God. The way that we relate to our spouse affects the way that we relate to God. The way that we relate to children affects the way that we relate to God. The way we relate as children to our parents affects the way we relate with God. And vice versa, as we are able to relate with God with more of our heart, mind, soul and strength as we're able to love him more, trust him more, bring more of our life out in front of him and expose our our hearts to him, be vulnerable with him, then that overflows into every other relationship. The same peace, the same self-understanding, the same capacity for self-giving, the the same uh, engagement of the heart, the same all of that that we are able to Open up to God, that just flows naturally into every other relationship, and so um, yeah the our our prayer really has a concrete effect on our lives, and our lives have a real concrete effect on our prayer. There's always that synergy, always that energy that moves back and forth between
0: those uh, between those two things. perfect. and with that being said as is- the foundation how this might be a question i just don't know the answer to period how do we do it to become a deeper and a more mature way way through christ
1: Uh, say a little more about that
0: okay so you know as you've mentioned you know growing up you know you, you you try to you know grow up essentially not just physically but from an emotional standpoint and our souls need to do the same thing so what i'm trying to do is is talk about how do we just do that process because many of us never really learned how we just kind (laughs) of happened and that's not normally the best way to go about things if there's a way to to be trained to know Where you're going to get, you're going to be better off. You know, I can go out and start running today, but it doesn't mean I'm ever going to be faster than Usain Bolt. Um, He has, he knows what he's Mm. doing. And to, to say that how to grow faster or better relationship with Christ is the maturity that I'm trying to talk about here. Well, I
1: always like to reemphasize the importance of time. If we don't give time to something. Then nothing else really matters that much, Uh, you know. If you don't go out running at all, then you're not going to also run well. Uh, But to your point, (laughs) and my my soccer coach used to say, "Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Good practice makes perfect." (laughs) And uh, I like that too. You know, how do we? uh, I want to not just go out running and develop bad habits. My, my practice could become permanent. Now, even if I go out running and develop bad habits, I'm going to be in a whole heck of a lot better shape, and I'm going to be able to run a lot better than if I didn't run. So, you know, most people who go out running don't become Olympic athletes, and they're not trying to become Olympic athletes, and maybe couldn't become Olympic athletes even if they had Olympic trainers, you know. So, there's uh, all of those things apply to prayer in a certain way. Uh, that is to say, you know, I can, I can pray and and uh, uh, in more or you know in better or worse ways. One difference is that running is solitary; prayer is relational. So I'm also not just prayer is not just a skill that I'm developing, like running. Uh, I, skill, you know, prayer is something is relational. I'm relating with a person who is has his own freedom, and has his own personality, and has his own uh, relationship and response to me. So uh, it is more like running with a trainer, even just to be praying at all. We have a trainer. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the master, and we are the disciples. So simply spending time with him, which first of all consists of just choosing to spend time with him. Hi, Jesus. Let's spend time together. Okay, now we're spending time together, you know, so really just making it explicit is uh, the starting point and uh, is the continuing point. Doing that in front of the Blessed Sacrament is particularly beautiful because Jesus is there in his body, blood, soul and divinity. He's he's truly there. The whole Christ is there in the Blessed Sacrament. And so that's a beautiful way to spend time where people are able to go to adoration, Eucharistic adoration at an adoration chapel, just show up and stay there. And don't put too many things in the way of you and Jesus. Don't just read a book the whole time or just read scripture the whole time. Talk to him. Read the book a little bit and then think about it and then talk to Jesus about it. Those simple approaches, the time and then just talking to the Lord. And what kind of thoughts come up as you're talking to him? Pay attention to that. Pay attention to what things are coming into your mind and heart as you're talking to him. Those things are important. The ideas that you have and the questions that you have, and then some response comes to those questions. It's not uncommon that uh, I'll talk to somebody, you know, maybe in spiritual direction, and they'll say, well, Father, you know, I don't know, what should I do." Um, I've got. I could go to this college, or I could go to this college. Or I could major in this thing, or I could major in that thing. What What should I do? And I'll say, well, when you just are in silence, and you ask God, and then you just give Him some space to speak, what comes up in your heart? No, that's not as uh, repeatable an activity as typing something into Google. You know, God is not Google. God is a father, and he's a person with freedom. And he also knows what's good for us. And so he's not just a, a dictionary or a, a Google search bar or something like that that's just going to spit out answers for us. And he may not, you know, he may really want us to choose, we could say, uh, between two options, but sometimes it's not uncommon that if I ask somebody that, or they say, you know, I just don't know. I've been dating this girl. Should I marry her? And I say, well, when you when you ask God that, should I marry her? And then you you listen in your heart and you look deep into your heart. What do you find there? I know, Father. I I know I should really marry her. It's really what I want to do. Good you know so anyway we have we have a lot already going on in us but just taking the time to be with him setting aside other things to make god a priority to make prayer a priority that's that's the most important thing and that's the hardest thing you know if i ask somebody are you growing in prayer? Well, no, Father, I don't know how to pray. I'm not growing in prayer. Well, do you spend time praying? No, I never spend time praying. Okay, well, you're never going to go and pray, grow in prayer. That's uh, just very simple. In the wonderful words of uh, Abbot John Chapman, if you want to pray better, pray more. And if you're praying as much as you can, make sure you pray consistently. And what we can be sure of is it only goes worse if you pray less. <laughs> So, just, you know, real simple, just like relationships, right? I mean, we can have a certain amount of relationship coaching, and there's a certain amount of marriage counseling, and those things can help, you know, and we, but primarily spend time together. Because the thing is, we're made for this, you know, we're not actually even made for running, you know, we're not made for soccer, we're not made for uh, playing the flute you know we're not made for those things we can learn those things they're not in contradiction to us but we're actually made for relationship before we even had an identity we were already in relationship with god and before we even knew our name we were in relationship with our mother you know so we're made for relationship we just we that's what we do as human beings we we do relationship and so just spending time just investing in that relationship with god will teach us so much really teaches us what we need to know and so uh, but then again you know like with relationships we can get some relationship coaching we can get some marriage counseling we can talk to a third party a human being about our relationship and that part that person can help us there are things we can learn from the great prayers Like Saint Therese, she she was a master, and she can teach us some things. So, uh, I I spend a lot of time, and it's part of my vocation, and and so God wants me not only to know how to pray, He wants me to know how to teach others to pray, and so I have a few things to say about that too, I think, and that's why uh, Father Tom uh, Acklin and I wrote a book on prayer that should be coming out, and I hope in the spring of uh, 2020. So, um, you know. We can we can talk more about that. But I just can't emphasize enough. Take the time. We have to take the time. It doesn't matter all the techniques we learn if if we're not
0: actually taking time to grow in relationship. I know from myself that you'd mentioned in there sitting and taking the time. There there's two thoughts that I had from that. Is first off, is I've seen firsthand those types of answers and And ideas flourish within myself. So that's not a made-up thing. And the second thing is, as people, for one reason or another, we all have this desire for consistency. Um, Even if it's not exactly a great consistency, um, just a a continual schedule. And once you habitually get your schedule set... um, with whatever it may be, just whenever you're driving around doing a deck of the rosary or, you know, at the eight o'clock hour doing some prayer or, or whatever it is. Once it becomes a system, it becomes a lot better and, and, and a lot easier to do to the point where you'll start doing it, not even realizing why you're doing it. And it'll just become one of those embedded things in your life. That really gives you gives you great results, so that was the thought that I had coming from there. I definitely thank you for for today's episode, Father, and we will be with you again here next week. We thank everyone for helping us to grow every time I look at the numbers they're higher than i they're higher than they were the week before and and that's only because you guys are telling other people around you so we thank you for doing that, and we'll be with you again next week.